and welcome to episode 37 of Slaytanic Vercast. I'm Mo from France, and to my west, still to my west, even though he's broadcasting live from my house, it's Dr. Lee Quessence. How are you doing, Doc? And what the hell are you doing here? Yeah. Ah, that hurt. That's enough of that. Um, sorry. Just, um, just snap the larynx back into place. Yeah, please. Human words only. We talked about this before we hit record. Human words only. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd been hoping to surprise you. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd been hoping to smear myself into a molecule-thin sheet um, all over the walls and the ceiling, um, and then just sort of gather, gather myself up into a, a, a protoplasmic mess and drop onto the sofa. Um, by the side of you. Um, <laughs> I forgot, I don't know how I could possibly forget this, that the way that people can tell that I'm around is obviously not being a, by being able to see me or hear me. Um, so I presume it was the blasphemous fetter. Well, um, let, me, you know, let, let me just tell the audience what happened. About 15 minutes before the record was about to start... I noticed a, a ghastly aroma, and I, I must be honest, I, I, I just imagine there was a problem with the sewers. Um, so I, I went outside to see what was going on, and who should be there on my doorstep but the good Doc himself. Um, and of course, you know, of course you can come in, Doc, no problem. Oh, by the way, Doc, thanks a lot for chipping in for the fumigators tomorrow, going Dutch on that. I, I really appreciate that because it's going to cost me a fortune to get rid of your rankness once you leave. Yeah, um, it, I'm, I'm interested that you got sewers out of it. Um, a, a, an expression I've often heard before is um, like open graves, mm, mm, mm. Um, which is interesting because many of the people who say that, I, I don't know how they know what an open grave, I mean, I know what an open grave smells like, and as far as I'm concerned, I smell nothing like that. Yeah, well, you know, having lived for six years in, in Lyon during the, you know, the, the, the 37, 38 degrees temperatures of July and August, you do become radically familiar with the smell of sewers. It is true to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so is that actually true? It is true, yeah, it is true. Yes, it, 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 it is very smelly at times. Is French civic engineering really that poor? Well, the, the, I can only really talk to Leon, you know. Um, but yeah, certainly, you, you know, when it, when it hits the high 30s for two or three weeks in a row, you know about it of, in, in an olfactory sense. Let's just say that. Goodness um, gracious. Yeah, how about that? Um, now, I've been doing a bit of editing, Doc, um, just to try and make sure we get these episodes out on time, not to, disa not, not to disappoint our dozen of listeners. Um, <laughs> and, um, what I've decided to do tonight, I've attached small, ele small electrodes to the underside of my scrotum, directly beneath my middle testicle and this electrode is going to give off short sharp blasts of electric shocks each time i say one of two things each time i say either you know or i would say i'm so sick of hearing myself say doc i can't tell you it's like a verbal tick that i've got that i've only noticed through repeat exposure i'm sure we've all got them yeah, I think almost everyone in the world has got one of those. Yeah, I think um, you're right. And if you ever determine what mine is, 
um, then you really must tell me. Ah, well, it, it would be uh, my your little quirk um, is is much less aggravating than mine because it's just you do a combination of um and and then there's a big pause and then you go into your next statement. I'll just chop those. I'll chop most of those out, Doc. So the the, the listeners don't know they happen. <laughs> I just cut them out. But, but that's yours. But it's far less aggravating than this fixed expression. You know, I, I, I need to sort it out. You tell me, Doc. If the electrode doesn't activate, you t- you tell me if you hear me say it. It's it's time to sort the it. The only reason I find it problematic is I I, I suspect you'll start doing it on purpose now, uh, ah. just in order to. To 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 enjoy the the frisson of the um, the electrodes stabbing away at your middle testicle. <laughs> you might be right. We'll see. If I get bored halfway through, you, you you'll know about it as I start dropping those phrases out. Um, chow time, motherfuckers. We've only got one this episode. In the last episode, I promised to collate the number of tracks on Raining Blood, which have a supernatural element to their lyrics. I've got a I've got a fess up. I have forgot, but I ain't done it, Doc. I haven't forgotten about it. I'll translate. I haven't forgotten, but I haven't done it yet. Um, I'll, try, I'll try to get it to you guys for next time. Um, ready for a topic? Absolutely. Give me a number between one and, hang on, one and seven. Here we go. Maybe we've done a version of this before, but whatever. Nobody's paying us for this, are they? We talk about what the fuck we like. Um, if you could only listen to one type of metal ever again in your life, what would it be and why, Doc? What do you think? Um, I'm going to say heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's the kind of metal that I'm least familiar with. I'm kind of a fan of death metal, but I've honestly gone as far with pure death metal as I really need to go. Yeah. Black metal I love to bits, but... On the death metal, the actual... Josh, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, on the death metal front, do you get as far as the likes of Nile, or is that too much, too intense? No, uh, Nile is probably the, uh, the, the, the latest in history, um, yeah. and... The... I do go as far as Nile, and then that's really when it all starts becoming a bit gymnastic for me. Sure. Oh, the, the technicality. The, the technicality and the production, um, and it's where extremity becomes the most important thing as opposed to one of the most important things. Yes, yes, of course. Yes. Uh, you know, we, we've got the likes of Arch Spire to think about here, haven't we? Are, are you familiar with the, the, these guys, Doc? I listened to the Archspire uh, Arch album that you recommended to me, and um, it's the conclusion I come to with a lot of death metal. It's very good, and I don't want to listen to it again. Yeah, mm, just doesn't grab you. <coughs> I, can, I can enjoy it while I'm listening to it. Mm. If somebody put it on in their car, I wouldn't mind a bit. If someone had it on at their house, I wouldn't mind a bit. But I can't see me ever thinking to myself, I'll listen to Archspire again. Fair enough. Yeah, that's fair comment. Um, so, um, so death metal, you, you're kind of okay with, but you've gone as far as you like. You were about to talk about black metal, and I, I rudely interrupted you. The canon of what I will call true black metal is actually quite small. Mm. Um, and I'm not saying I've done it to death, but the black metal I really like is embedded in my skull, and I, I, I can sort of fast forward, rewind, listen to it in my head pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, 
power metal never grabbed me uh, very much. I know like theatrical metal and uh, Swedish metal you're a big fan of. Mm-hmm. And once again, I think it's okay. Um, but proper denim waistcoat, motorbike riding, beer drinking, um, long hair having heavy metal um, is, is pretty much a, a huge gap in my knowledge, which at mm. some point probably needs to be filled. Wait, so if I had to make a promise... Yeah, go on, Doc, sorry. No, uh, if I had to make a promise that I was only going to listen to one kind of metal ever again, then the, the, it's, it's kind of, there's this huge undiscovered country uh, for me that um, is massive because it goes back to 1974 and 1975 and continues to this day. Where are you with the likes of, um, I don't know, Ice for example? So... <laughs> They're pretty down the road, heavy metal. Yeah, um, without going into one of these torturous conversations about genre um i always had them chalked up as power metal yeah i think they flirt they flirt you know they flirt between the two um but if for instance i were allowed to have hammerfall or i were allowed to have iced earth yeah uh, in with my permitted dose of heavy metal um i wouldn't object to that at all i'd be very happy about it no i'm perfectly comfortable with referring to either Hammerfall or Iced Earth as heavy metal bands. Now, have you hung or have I? Well, we can still hear each other, I think, Doc, so don't worry. Hammerfall and Iced Earth, I'm perfectly happy to have them both in the heavy metal camp. I know they get labelled as power metal quite frequently, but, but but I think the distinction between the two genres is, is quite narrow. So, now, welcome aboard, Iced Earth, I say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, why not? Why not? I'd go with, um, I think if, if, if I had to choose one genre, one genre that I can only ever listen to again, it's got to be, it's quite specific, I suppose. It's, um, it's symphonic, symphonic, melodic black metal, I think. Right. I think, you know, so, so your likes of, I suppose the biggest exponent would be Dimmu Borgia. Yeah. Um, because I I literally don't think they've ever put out a bad... I just don't think they've ever put out a bad album. You know, the, the, their first album is very different to their last album. Um, but I don't think they've ever done anything that's terrible. And, and, and they do achieve moments of genius from time to time. Um, so just that kind of really kind of orchestral over-the-top, operatic, bombastic, but with the fast... I, th- I think this is why I love it so much. You've got, like, the, the, the operatic bombast, which, which you get with other forms of, of, of metal. You know, I mean, Dragon Force, you could say, are operatic and bombastic. Nightwish mm-hmm. are operatic and, bom- and bombastic. Children of Bodom are, too. Um, but I think what Dimmu Borgia and, 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 and their ilk bring to the party is this lovely you know me doc i like a good double strum riff with single finger pick notes and i and and they do that um and they also have obviously the black metal style vocals like intercut with clean vocals and and just that that combination together i find absolutely absolutely um captivating other other exponents of the art i suppose old man's child (laughs) 
very oh, oh, of course yeah cradle of filth uh, yeah who can forget um old man's child but of course that's quite um what's the word when what's the word doc when you kind of borrow members from one but it's not insidious incestuous it's quite incestuous yeah. you know there there are multiple members that, that have been in both Dimmu Borgia and Old Man's Child so you've got real crossover there then you've got other like interesting smaller smaller bands like the Covenant um <clears throat> who else could we think of um something like Nagelfar I suppose Swedish Great, you know, the doc's trickling away just at the ridiculousness and how black metal that name sounds. I get stuck <laughs> without ever having seen it. I can picture the logo in my yeah. mind, yeah, and you wouldn't be far off, yeah. <laughs> Nagelfar, they're great. Um, so that'd be mine, that'd be mine. I think I will confess now, I, I, I was considering toying with you uh, when you first asked me this question. Um, if I had to pick just one type of metal to listen to forever, from, I was considering saying goat metal. Uh, well, but you are a big fan. It would only be like a white lie, wouldn't it? It would only kind of be a white lie. Um, basically, um, if you form a primitive black metal band and make sure to include the word goat somewhere in the name and sing lots of songs about um, anal sex, uh, bestiality, um, necrophilia, um, doing horrible things to the corpse of Jesus, doing horrible <laughs> things to nuns, um, doing horrible things with crucifixes, um, watching nuns doing horrible things with crucifixes to the corpse of Jesus while some goats <laughs> watch. If, if you include any of those subjects, then there's a good chance I will like your band. Yeah, you're in. I, did, I know that you've recently started collecting album covers if the word goat is involved, am, am I right, Doc, or not? Yes, you absolutely are. Um, I, mean, I have some fantastic ones by Necro Goat, uh, Goat Seaman. Mm. Um, yeah, Goat Seaman, um, Arch Goat, <laughs> um, uh, Goat Rape. Yes. Uh, and uh, I mean, it, it's. I can just see this being one of those hobbies that, that, that will continue with me for the rest of my life. <laughs> Listeners, don't judge. You know, a man's got to have a pastime. and It keeps the doc out of trouble. He doesn't cause any harm. Um, all right, then. Should we, get on, should we get into the episode proper? What do you think? I think we should. Okay, welcome to part two of the show. Now, normally here, we would be playing the song and talking about it. But of course, this is the covers special for Rain in Blood. So we've got a, a bit of a different format tonight. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to play in order the tracks, but every track is played by an artist, singer, band, other than Slayer, basically. But I've got a bit of bad news, Doc. I've only got eight tracks to play, not ten, because I cannot find any cover versions, you know, by either interesting people or reputable artists of either Reborn or Epidemic. Don't seem to exist. So I, ju I, I just can't, I can't play what do exist, can I? Well, no. Unfortunately. Um, and you, what do you make that, um, well, Are there any just like, straight up cookie cutter sounds the same but just not quite as good versions by 
any bland Slayer copyists? No, not no, not not even that. I, I couldn't find like a like a whole band cover. There's plenty of like you know blokes in their bedroom playing along to it kind of stuff either either on the drums, bass, or or guitar, but not not a whole band representation. And that's kind of my strict rule. Well, it's my strict rule apart from track one and eight that we're going to play today. So forgive me for that. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's it, guys. I, 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 I can't play Reborn or Epidemic as part of this because I can't find them, basically. And and believe me, I did try. Here we go. We're going to go for track number one, which is, of course, um, Angel of Death. This is a video that I found on YouTube. Now, this is the most kind of avant-garde one that I'm going to play. All the others are by either like proper bands or proper singers. This one is the only one that I would say is like proper amateur stuff. But I enjoyed it so much. I just thought, I don't care. This is the one I'm picking. It's If you want to find it on YouTube, just look for Angel of Death, Slayer, brackets, cover by 12-year-old Amanda Blast. What a great name. 12-year-old Amanda Blast. And it's her dad kind of playing guitar along to the track. So you hear the proper track in the background. And then at the appropriate time, this, this really cute 12-year-old girl kicks in and starts belting out a bit of Angel of Death. And it entertained me greatly, Doc. Hope you don't mind my indulgence here. <laughs> here we go. Sounds a bit different at the start, doesn't it? Yeah. It's much easier for her to hit those high notes than it ever was for Tom. What do you reckon, Doc? Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. It's it would be difficult. No, it would be easy. It would have been very easy for you to pass that off um, as a bootleg live Slayer recording. You know. Oh yeah, you really. If I'd have said that was like like a demo version of you know of the album, you'd have gone with it. Um, yeah, or something that somebody had done with the pocket cassette player at a live show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, here we go. Let, 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 let wait for this youngster to actually kick in with a with a vocal. <laughs> and the the, the dad's no slouch either. He's playing it pretty well. He certainly is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Doc. I just find it so adorable. 
I, I, I just can't help myself. I, th I think it's the combination of, of kind of seeing the video and her kind of cherubic, cute face. And I think the fact that she kind of nails the delivery. Of course, it's not the same vocal style, but she kind of nails the delivery. And I love the fact that you can really distinctly hear her accent. I mean, she sounds maybe Dutch or Swedish, perhaps German, but you can clearly hear no, that, that kind of, sense. you know, that kind of Northern Europe intonation to, to the voice. I think it's absolutely wonderful. First impressions of Amanda Blaster. Come on. The, the big oh, questions fun. need to be asked. Um, I suppose listening to those few seconds, it reminds me of something that probably should be in. Um, like a, a film by Harmony Corrine or some, something oh, like that. Mm -hmm. um, or some sort of Lars von Trier film. Yeah. Um, I know Lars von Trier films don't have musical soundtracks or production of any kind, but you, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, but they, I, think um, a lot, I think under the Dogma 95 <coughs> principle, you could, I think they would accept kind of, dia, is it diagenic sound? So it, yeah. um, if it was coming out of the radio, I think that would be okay. Or presumably, if it was being played at a family birthday party by the dysfunctional family, you got it. That kind of thing, you know. It, yeah. It's got. I think that's the rule, isn't it? In that dogma principle, it's got to be like organic. It can't be layered on top, effectively. Yeah, I, just basically no post production, right? Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So you play it in the room, capture it with a mic, and and, and that's the that's the soundtrack, isn't it? Yeah. So that, that's immediately what it makes me think of. Yeah. Um, so one of those kinds of films where you watch it and superficially it's um, a presentation of something like idyllic family life or um, the, the, the guiltless lives of, of, of the lower middle classes um, mm -hmm. until about 25 minutes in when people start killing each other or... <laughs> Do you want a little bit more, or is that, is that enough for you? I certainly do, yeah. Yeah, I can, take, yeah I, I, I can deal with a lot of Amanda. Here we go. We've only got about another 30 seconds left. And that's it, they end it there. Isn't it great? I absolutely, <laughs> it just warms the cockles of my heart, Doc. And I've only got one, unlike you. <laughs> one cockle? Well, well, you know, we, we've already talked about my middle testicle, so let's not go down that Yeah. Um, <clears throat> just that, that was great. charming, really, really kind of life-affirming. And this guy, by the way, Dad of the Year Award, surely. Oh, definitely. Wow, what a cool-ass father. Absolutely great. I, I cannot imagine getting down and funky to Slayer with my papa, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else to say, Doc, or should we move on to the, to the next track? No, uh, that's literally everything that there is to say about that. It, 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 it is winsomely adorable, um, and really? I want to hug it. 
Yeah, you're quite right. I love it. Um, obviously, track two now, um, which is Piece by Piece, and this is by a band called Mason. <laughs> Stop it there before the vocals kick in. First impressions here, Doc. What do you make of this? It's fucking tight, isn't it? it, I mean, it, it, it absolutely. Tight as a tight as a nun's whatever you want to call it, basically. Um, yeah, very Earth? impressive. Tight as a nun's purse. Tight as a, thank you, Doc. Thank, thank you. Spare my blushes. Tight as a nun's purse. Yeah. Um, any idea what's going to happen next? What, what, what's your sense based on that, you know, th that intro? What's the vocal style going to be? Are they going to keep up the pace? What do you think is going to happen? There's two options, aren't there? Uh, so just based on that introduction, um, I'm almost, in, uh, and this is the obvious conclusion to reach, I'm almost convinced they're going to stick with the like super uptight, like borderline helmet kind of approach with mm. the um, sort of uh, shouty hardcore vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, there is another option that it could just go comedy fast, in which case I might stop enjoying it quite so mm. much. Mm. Um, can we find out? Yeah, let's find out. <laughs> The shouty hardcore way, Doc, I would say. Um, yeah, kind of. Oh, but the electrode just went off. Did you hear it? The what did, sorry? The electrode on my middle testicle just activated because I said I would say. Oh, it's just happened again. Every time I say, <laughs> I was, oh, Christ, no, I've got to stop saying it. It's really annoying. Well, I would say. Thank you, sir. There's a third option, um, which I never even considered, which is a pretty much die straight cover of it. A, a, a dire straits cover of it. No, a, a, a die straight cover. Just oh, a, 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 sorry, sir. Yeah, I understand. Perfectly yeah, sure. straight, perfectly straight ahead. No twists. Sure. Um, I think what we've got there. Yeah, I, I, I think you're probably right. And uh, you know, as as ever, when when we hit these moments, we tend to ask ourselves the question: What's the fucking point? Just this once, I'd really like the chance to ask them. Mm. Um, because the the intro um, seems to want to connote very stripped down, very um, short hair, self disciplined hardcore. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they're. I don't think they think they're doing what I think they're doing. Mm -hmm. I think they're doing a very very straight and um, probably fun to play, but ultimately pointless. Um, authentic cover. Sure. Um, I think they think they're doing something else. Mm. I think mm. they're doing it sort of in either the possibly like the the Chromag style or the maybe even like the, the Earth Crisis style or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, a bit more crusty. 
So it will be fascinating to get to speak to them and get to find out what they think they're doing. Mm. Um, because I, I have a suspicion that if I were in the same room as them, they're probably the kind of blokes wherein I'd be very, very leery saying, um, well, like, why even bother? What a stupid, mm. pointless thing. I, 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 don't think it would, um, I don't think it would end well for me if I were particularly confrontational with them. Sure. These guys, are, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at them now, actually, and yeah, they, look, they look like a, a bunch of hard motherfuckers, to be fair. Um, yeah. They're from Australia, Melbourne in particular. Um, let's play our favourite game here, Lyrical Themes. Um, we love a lyrical theme. They've got four doc, four lyrical themes. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you five guesses to see if you can hit their four lyrical themes. What do you reckon? Um, would, would, would darkness be in there? Darkness is not there. Oh, serial killers? No. Um, <laughs> surgery? Oh no, I like that. That's quite abstract. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm all washed up. Uh, I, 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 I think I think you, I think you're thinking too hard, Doc. They, 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 these are really like cock obvious things. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it's war. <laughs> Actually, this, this one's a bit oddball. Humanity, um, and then the last two, violence and hate. Um, <laughs> so there we go. There, there, there's the lyrical themes. So yeah, that's Mason from. Australia, um, I don't know, mate. I, I do get, I do get a bit kind of, a little, almost irritated, really, when you know when a cover version is is, is almost too authentic. I, I, just, I can't shake that notion of what's the point. Um, and unfortunately, I, I think we've got a couple of those coming up. To be fair, that's why I would really, really like to have the chance to ask them because yeah. I think. I think if you ask them, if you found a, a, a sensitive way of saying what motivated you to spend that amount of time and effort or any time and effort at all yeah. on doing cock-obvious cover of such a well-known track, I think they'd probably look at you in Askins and say, but we didn't think, we, we, we didn't think it was a cock-obvious cover. Sure. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, I think of the, of, the, of the tracks we found when, when we've been doing this, there's only one that's really stood out to me. That was, that was the band called Vor, I believe, V-O-O-R. And they did like a really kind of weird, like gothically influenced, dark, super kind of strange, black metal infused version of one of the tracks, one of the later tracks off Show No Mercy. Do you remember that one, Doc? Yeah. Um, were they the Greek band or were they the Canadian band? I can't remember. I, th I think they were Canadian. I think, I think the Greek band you're thinking of were called something absolutely ludicrous, like biotoxic fiends or something, <laughs> if I remember correctly. But it's possible. I, I, I love their track as well. Um, if it's the Canadian one, were, were they the one who are like very, very obviously old school friends who've all had to move to different parts of Canada and they have like a, a reunion every two, every two years or every three years and they record some new material and an updated version of their, uh, what, what, what seems to be that anthem, Evil Metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they, they, they were great. And, and anybody who missed that episode, yeah, search for Vore on YouTube and go check them out. They were, both me and the doc were very, very impressed. Uh, yes, ready we... for track three? Yeah. Here we go. Bit of necrophobic. Who's this by? Hang on, let me. I'm, I'm juggling a lot of plates here, Doc, in terms of windows. So, listeners, please forgive me if I'm, if I'm not the, the smooth professional that I normally am. Um, 
Next up, we've got Necrophobic by Eliminator. Now, I tried to... Um, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll tell you the truth here, guys. I tried to find out the information about Eliminator because um, <clears throat> I do like to, you know, to kind of have a bit of info in my back pocket about the bands that we're actually playing. Trouble is, there are so many bands. <laughs> it's impossible to fucking find. So I gave up. Wasn't, wasn't every third crap generic thrash band called Eliminator? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just one of those names. I, I couldn't be bothered. Uh, I had better things to do than, 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 than trawl through 30 <laughs> kind of dodgy thrash bands on, on Encyclopedia Metallum. I just, I just couldn't do it. Um, anyway, let, let, let's have a listen to their interpretation of Necrophobic. I've got the feeling, Doc, it's going to be a bit like the one we've just heard, but let's find out. <laughs> I mean, it is so close, isn't it? If if I walked into a room and didn't really pay attention, and that was on in the background, I think I could be forgiven for thinking that of Slayer. Yeah, and it's actually so close. I think this almost sort of transcends your your, your criticism. And as to 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 preempt your question, why? Um, just to see if you can. Just yeah. to see if you can. Yeah. And I get that. And, and, and you kind of enter a different realm at that point, don't you? Where, you know, you're not just, you're not just, rec you're not just aping their style. You are actually trying to recreate precisely what they did. And, and I think that is a different thing, actually. Yeah. And you're, you're almost getting into drag territory, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I like, yeah, I like, I like that reference, Doc. Yeah. Um, you're almost getting like you you want to go beyond copying and beyond parody and you want to be better than the original mm, mm. There, there's a band called um avenger of blood um and i think i think they i think they're german i think they're german um and they are absolute copyists of creator um to the point that i think if you i think if i i think if i played you like avenger of blood's second album and said oh have a listen to this doc this is creator's new album i think you'd believe me yeah you know it's 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 that close um there's another band called demiricus an american band they only released two albums. I really like them. They are absolutely slated in the metal community. I don't really... Well, I was about to say, I, do I don't understand why, but of course I do. The reason is what I'm about to say. You know, Demiricus, they've got, they've got two albums. Album one is called One, and album two is called Two. Um, I think one's called Hellbound as a subtitle. The other's called Poverty. Um, and, <clears throat> I mean, it, it is such... Slayer worship, but specifically seasons in the abyss. Slayer, 
worship. It's that album that they're, that, they're that particular album that is really identifiable. Um, <clears throat> that that's what they're that's what they're lifting from. It, I really like it. Tom Araya was interviewed. I, I saw the interview, and the interviewer played him a bit of Demiricus. And, and and he was astonished. He was, he was kind of laughing about it, but he, he said, "Can we sue these guys?" You know, because it was it is it is that close. Um, you know, just 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 well, a remarkable act of mimicry, really. Yeah, I mean, when when you're trying something, I, I probably not base your whole entire career on it, but um, try to do a cover version of a well-known song that spot on. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it, it goes far beyond copying and it certainly goes far beyond parody. Um, no one puts that much effort into a joke. Mm. There, I've just upset every single comedy fan listening to this. Well, I was going to say, Doc, I, I, you know, I, I think uh, I think Jerry Seinfeld and Ricky Gervais might uh, be, be contacting you shortly. Yeah. What did I mean? Um, but, but no I, I, think, I think I kind of knew what you meant, Doc, but go on, elucidate, sir. No one puts that much effort into a crass piss take. Mm. People who just want to bask in reflective glory um, and make a song that they hope will be popular because it sounds a bit like Slayer um, don't put that much effort in either. No, no. I, I, I tend to agree. Should we have a little bit more? Or is that, is that enough for you? It's up to, it, your choice, Doc. That's honestly enough for me. I mean, uh, it, yeah. having established that it sounds exactly like the original, having heard the original, I don't feel the need to persist with that one. And there you see, in my opinion, is precisely what's wrong with doing that kind of thing. I don't feel the need to listen to it. Because you can just listen to the, the original track. Next track, of course, people that know this album back to front will be aware, is Altar of Sacrifice. Uh, this time performed by... Um, brutal, are they brutal? Maybe not, but technical death metal band Revocation. Here we go. <laughs> There we go, Doc. Bit of revocation, doing ultra sacrifice. First impression, sir. There's nothing wrong with it. It's mm. it's got enough of a personality of its own. Um, I like the growly vocals and I like the twangy bass. Mm. It's actually got something like a personality of its own, and I mean mm. it's um, nothing wildly original. Nothing. I'm probably going to go out of my way to listen to it, but no, it's all right. Nothing yeah, wrong with it. I'm kind of glad you picked the bass out there, actually, Doc. Very, very astute of you, because that, that is one of kind of Revocation's calling cards, really, is the, um, that, the, like that twang on the bass, which, 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 you, yeah. which you identified instantly. Very, very, very impressive. Um, Revocation, a bit of a big deal, actually, Doc. Are, are you aware of these guys? No, never heard of them. No, I mean, they're, they're American band from Boston. Um, Newish kind of wave of technical... Death metal, thrash metal crossover. I'm just looking here. They've got one, two, three, four, five. I mean, they, you know, they're, they're onto their seventh album um, on on Metal Blade Records. So, you know, they, they, these are a known quantity. Um, 
I, I, I rather like Revocation when I hear them, but I do find their music to be a little bit um, unmemorable. You know, I, do, I don't finish the album and, and I'm not humming their tunes, one of those bands, but very, very capable and really, really good at what they do. Um, let's have another 30 seconds, just, just, just for shits and giggles. Yeah. <laughs> Especially musically, uh, obviously the vocals are, are, are significantly different. But I, I think the reason it does work is because you do have that kind of that that, that kind of counterpoint between you. You've kind of got the, the the gruff death death style vocals, but they're a bit one note, almost kind of somewhere between death and hardcore. Would you agree, Doc? Yeah, yeah. The vocal style. Um, <clears throat> I don't know whether this. I don't know whether this expression is widely in use nowadays. Um, in the sort of Boston, New England area, the uh, the expression for it used to be devil core. Oh, devil core! I've never heard that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That, yeah, that's interesting. Did, 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 off the top of your head, no pressure. Did any devil core bands come to mind? I don't even know if they're from that area. I, yeah. I suspect the the ones I'm thinking of, I think, are maybe more from the Midwest. Um, Manners the bastard, I think, were, were always considered to be devil core. Mm. Um, and um, once again, I had no idea where these people are from. They may even be from the UK. Voorhees, I believe, were... Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, guys. Anybody interested, go and check out Manage the Bastard or Voorhees and see if you if you share the doc's opinion. I do like that. The way those, the, those really kind of gruff vocals, they do work with that because the guitar sound is not particularly kind of dense or thick. Or heavy, like you would expect from like a death metal band. I don't know if they've kind of mellowed the guitar sound down a bit for this, you know, for, for this cover version to make it more thrashy. But but they do have massive thrash influences, so it could just be that that's just their, you know, that, that's just the way they sound. It's been it's been a while since I've actually listened to Revocation in anger, as it were. <laughs> Quite liked it though. Um, next one, Doc. What's coming up next? So next up, we've got obviously track five, which is Jesus Saves. And again, I couldn't really find a version of this by what I would consider like a proper band, you know, that's actually signed with a few a few albums under their belt. The nearest yeah. I could get was some, I found a, a version of it by a very, clearly a very competent band. Um, but I could find really no details that, out about them um although truthfully i didn't make much of an effort um the band is called not till death um here we go let's see what we make of it as you can hear this it's a live version and they're actually 
playing this live in what looks like, um, if my memory is correct, it's like on a basketball court. So they're playing on the court, and 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 people are kind of watching from the what they call like the ble the bleachers. Yes. Yeah. It, 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 I, nice. hope, I hoped you were going to tell me there was a basketball game happening while they were playing. Oh, no, unfortunately not. No, no, no. <laughs> it seems like they've booked the place out, but very unusual setting, you know, because there's no lighting. It's broad daylight. Um, and, they're, and they're kind of trying to look hard and stuff, you know. It doesn't quite work yeah. in that setting. So this kind of thing was a... Um, a very classic setting for um, proper old school hardcore. I'm, I'm trying to work out what signifiers they're trying to drop here. And like playing in the school gym, um, like in the junior high school in some tiny Midwest town in the afternoon, um, because you want to make sure it's a, um, an all ages show. And you want to make sure that you can like set the price of entry for 50 cents or something. Sure. Um, that's a, that's just a proper, like, mid-80s hardcore image. Um, you'll see a lot of snapshots of the band on the back of the album cover, kind of photos of bands playing in the high school gym, very clearly in the afternoon. Mm. I, 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 I am listening, Doc. As you're talking, I'm still trying to find out a little bit of information about these guys. But it, it's not easy. I don't think they're signed. Um... I think they've got a few, like a couple of releases, like you know, just like self-release, so the, the kind of shit that we've done in the past, doc, you know. Um, yeah. And yeah, but, but, but interesting, you know, that this is the nearest I could find to a proper band playing this track. Here we go. Let's see what it sounds as they progress. <laughs> Have they slowed that down, Doc, or is it, is it me? Is, it, is that slower than normal, would you say? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the only way you could describe that is, like, manageably slow, isn't it? Yeah, but I think they're trying to emphasise the groove and yeah. up, up like, the, 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 like, the doom factor that, that we talked about at the time to make the riff even more doom. I think that was the one where we were saying, you know, if you played it much slower you really are kind of veering into doom territory, basically. Definitely. Um, so uh, we're, we're probably not the only people to have noticed that, I wouldn't no, say. Th these guys seem to have clocked it as well. Now, interestingly, th th these guys are not on Encyclopedia Metallum. Um, and what that tells me is that Encyclopedia Metallum do not consider them to be pure metal enough to be included in their archives. I think these guys would fall into the category of too hardcore, you know, like your likes of Biohazard, Sick of It yes. All, those kind of bands, um, you know, kind of too much, too much groove, too much rap influence, basically. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> It 
really like this duck. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, it, I mean, we like the original. We both did. Um, yeah. I, I really, really like this treatment of it too. Mm. There's like a, I don't know. There's almost like a sense of menace to the way they're delivering this that was not present in the original somehow. Yeah. Um, well, it, that's. I think that's what you get by slowing it down and making mm. it that a bit groovier. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. Um, people fail to realise this. The devil is groovy, baby. Yeah, absolutely. The, yeah, the, 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 the devil likes to jive, there's no doubt. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on the vocals, stuff? What, 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 what's he going to do? When he starts singing... What, How's he going to deliver it? Is, is, is it the, the standard hardcore bark? Or? Um, I think it might be the standard hardcore bark. Um, I, I always try to prepare myself for something that I'm not prepared for. Yeah. Um, so whenever a song... Uh, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if um, he did like some sort of melodic power metal style. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I will never forget the day um, I... I got my hands on um, a copy of Sabat's third album, which I think was called Morning Has Broken. Um, now, Sabat, for people that don't know, were, were, are thrash pioneers, absolutely um, incredible, from Coventry. Their first two albums are two of the greatest thrash metal al albums that have ever been recorded. They're, they are absolutely sublime. Proto-black metal as well. Um, it's, it's brilliant. The vocalist Martin Valkyrie was not his birth name, I imagine. Was um, <laughs> was um, so distinctive, had, had such like, such beauty to his voice, and and his lyricism was extraordinary. He left the band, and the, and 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 they recorded a third album. Um, Andy Sneap, I think, was the guitarist, and people will know Andy Sneap. If you don't know Sabat, you will probably know Andy Sneap because he has produced several Arch Enemy albums, for example. Um, okay. And, he, you know, he's, he's a big name in, in metal production. Um, <clears throat> so Morning Has Broken started, and he's sounding pretty flashy at the beginning. And then th this new guy burst onto the, on the, the, the th through the amplifier, and he just went, Here I am! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's, laughs> you remember, you know, with his ridiculous high-pitched whale that, 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 that would make make Rob ha Halford's balls shrink into his into his abdomen. Um, I, I could not believe what I was hearing. So every so often, a vocalist totally takes you off guard. Let's see if this guy does it. Let's see if he does. <laughs> recognize that at all doc i i think they've just gone into their own track there so i think they've played the intro to jesus saves and then gone into their own song actually <laughs> so i don't think that is i don't think that is jesus in fact no i'm looking at the, at the track title now and it is jesus saves bracket slayer cover forward slash the deep 
So I imagine now we're listening. We are listening to the deep by Not Till Death. Let's, let, let's give them thirty seconds. See what see what they sound like. <laughs> I'd have a listen to that. Just before they switched songs, just before they started playing their own songs, their own song, um, the 12 bars leading up to that, I thought were absolutely fantastic. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really interesting use of... Is it me, or were they playing all six strings on the guitar in that bit? I don't, I don't, think, I, I don't think so. I, I didn't hear that, but... Uh, do, you want, do you want to listen to it again? Yeah, that bit there. Where's the six string, sir? Um, I thought that was it there, uh, just in changeover between the two tracks. Oh, you've, you've got better ears than me. I, I can't say yes or no. Here we go. So here's, here's the transition. You may well be right, you know. I think it would need an investigation of, you know, of the, of the video properly. Uh, but, but you may well be right. You like a good six-string chord, don't you, from time to time, Doc? From time to time, I do enjoy a good six-string chord. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a post-punk thing I, 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 I enjoy very much. Just mm-hmm. um, picking, a, picking a weird shape halfway up the neck. Mm-hmm. Um, so in some cases, you're, you, you're playing... Um, and sometimes you can include an open string in the shape. So you sure. might be playing the fatty uh, on about the ninth fret to get it actually higher than the open A that you've got on your next finger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just whacking all six strings. And it, it, it's inevitably pretty dissonant. Um, and you wouldn't want to listen to a whole song made of stuff like that. But as, as a way of doing transitions or just for... For some colour in the middle of a track, I think it worked really well. Yeah, I always liked if if I could find a way to leave like an open B string, like you know, on like a high pitched arpeggio. I always liked that because I don't know. There's just something about that open B string that just feels a little bit cheeky. Doc, I, I can't explain it. Well, there's something intrinsically weird about the sound of a big fat string mm. playing a higher note than a, a, a thin skinny one. Mm. Mm. I think it's also because the B string doesn't behave in the same way in terms of tuning, does it? You know, so so, so I think there's just something about that. I, I'm not I'm not a musical theorist, so I can't really explain it. But, but you know, when you tune a guitar, you have to kind of position your finger one fret higher for the B string or one fret lower, depending yeah. on how you do it. Um, um, I'm not any kind of a musician either, but I bet you if you looked at, um, say, because a, a guitar is basically a, a normally tuned guitar is basically in the key of E major. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts and get it starts and ends with E. Yeah, well, that's that's concert tuning, isn't it? Effectively, Just yeah. E E major done. Yeah. Then I bet you, if you looked at the notes that make up that chord, um, I bet you there's there, there's 
effectively no black note between either A and B or B and C. Oh, that's probably it, isn't it? Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, so if you imagine it on a piano, you're saying yeah, you don't have that black key. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right, Doc. Very yeah, wise words from, from the Doc Meister General, as usual. So next track, um, we've got Criminally Insane, which is track six on the album. Now, the, here we go. We've got... Uh, We've got one of the big boys here, Doc. This is Criminal Insane by Edge of Sanity. Sound Swedish? Very, very Swedish. Yeah. Humanity um, have at least one of my favourite songs ever, which I think mm-hmm. is, I'm pretty sure about this. Is it Planet Four? Oh, I'm not very good on, on, on individual track titles. I'm, I'm better on album titles, to be honest. Um, if I'm right about that, it's one of my favourite songs ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, certainly, you know, they are in the upper echelons of... I mean, what, what what genre would you put them in? Dark Edge of Sanity, you know. For me, it's like um, it's a, it's almost like progressive melodic death metal somehow. Yeah, we we just always call them Swedish metal. Yeah, Swedish metal, but 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 that doesn't quite that doesn't quite fit really because if I, if I think Swedish metal, you know, my my go to name there would be Dismember, Hypocrisy. You know those those two bands, are, and, and 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 you know both of those both of those bands, even though they are melodic and tuneful at times, their focus is on the is on the the aggression, whereas I think Edge of Sanity focus more on the melody. Let's not forget what uh, the legendary Pete Tetgren said about um, what what is it that defines Swedish metal, and he said it doesn't matter whether it's fast or slow or heavy or not. As long as it's hate-filled and depressing. Ah, was that Tattergrin? Was it? I'm convinced that was Pete Tattergrin. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. A well-remembered quote, but I'm surprised it came out of his mouth. Um, maybe in the early days, yeah, because the first, the, the first couple of Hypocrisy albums are pretty full-on. Um, you know, that, 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 that I think that's before they discovered uh, magic mushrooms. To be honest, from, from what I've read. Um, <laughs> Um, here we go. Let's, let's proceed. No an incredible cover version um i'm just a bit surprised that they chose this track because it doesn't really highlight their strength and their strength is like the beauty of their melodies you know and and and, and harmonies and this track has no melody has no harmony so it just seems a strange choice to me think think of the amount of slayer songs that have great melody and they pick one that, that has none. It's a strange choice. Um, 
I um, I absolutely will concede it's a strange choice. Mm. Um, the only conclusion, I, I mean, they don't strike me as the kind of individuals who would like go out of their way to curry favour with people or go out of their way to be liked sure. or imagine they could get some popularity points by covering the Slayer song. Sure. I mean, the, the, the only conclusion you can come to really is they really like the song. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. And, and, and that is reason enough, isn't it? That's a totally valid reason to do a cover version, I suppose. And in terms of, you know, the, the, them kind of cowing to social pressure and popularity, you know, remember this is the, I think the first like proper metal band that ever did um, what, you know, what, what truly could be called a progressive death metal album with it, with their, their album Crimson, which is, I believe it's 46 minutes long and it's one song. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, they didn't mess about and, and, and I think you're quite right. They, were, they weren't too fussed what people thought about them. Do you want the rest of this, Doc, or should we move on to the... Um, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Um, so the, the two legendary figures of, or the two legendary producers of Swedish death metal, Pete Tatchgren, who we've mentioned, and Dan Sueno. Uh, mm-hmm. Pete Tatchgren was a member of Hypocrisy for... Was, was Dan Sueno a member of Edge of Sanity? Swaino, I, I, I mean, I need to look him up. I've got a, I've got a feeling he, he kind of, uh, he kind of stuck his thumbs into multiple Swedish pies. I think, he could, <laughs> I think he could have been in, in flames at some point. Um, hypocrisy. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he was involved in, in hypocrisy. But let's find out. Let's, let, let's get our facts right, shall we? Let's have a butchers. Um, While you're doing that. I couldn't help myself. Um, I had to look up. Um, and it's pretty funny because we, we've, we've talked at length about our history playing in various musical projects and various bands. Um, and this is one of the things that surprises people because um, whenever I end up asking questions like, what are the notes in the E major scale? And people can never quite understand. what the, You're a musician or you say you are. You play mm. an instrument or at mm. least claim you how can you not know stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. No, but Doc, I don't know either. And, and to be honest, I don't care. You know, I, I can play it. I know what sounds good. Because I can't pass an exam at the end of it, who gives a fuck? Yeah, so um, just out of interest, um, there is no black note between B and C. So effectively, um, there is no B sharp. It does mm-hmm. not exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is only one semitone between B and C. So there we go. Yeah, we got to the bottom of it. Um, here we go. Dan Swaino. Bands of note that maybe some of the listeners will have heard of. He, I mean, he, this guy's been in bands since 1985. Um, the first one I've heard of is Panlimonium um, back in 1990. He was in Incision. That was also in 1990. Edge of Sanity, 1991. Um, Nightingale, yeah, well, we're very, very similar, similar sounding band. <coughs> I'm not surprised. Catatonia with a K, of course, not not, not the Welsh um, <laughs> road rage songstress, but yeah, but you know, the um, kind of post post hardcore, would you call them? Post yeah, 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 something like that. Catatonia, very, very good. I'm a big fan. Bloodbath, my God, yeah, he was in Bloodbath. What a fucking band. Bloodbath are. I mean, this guy has just been all over the place, Doc. You know, we 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 could do a whole three-hour episode on this motherfucker. So, yeah, Dan Swain. Yeah, good, good reference, Doc. Good reference. 
Absolutely know what they're doing. Now, we've got a bit of a hard out in about 20 minutes, so I'm thinking we press on to the next song, Doc. We've only got two to go because, unfortunately, as I explained at the beginning, I've got no Reborn. I've got no Epidemic. I do apologise, guys. If, if, if somebody wants to get in touch and, and point us in a direction of a good cover, then please do, but I could not find it. Here we go. So, next track. Track seven on the night, track nine on the album, is, of course, post-mortem. And let me just remind myself, this is by a band called In This Moment. I was intrigued by this because this is a female-fronted band. So I wondered what she would do with the lyrics. Here we go. Let's find out. <laughs> So far, so same, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, well, again, a bit slower. It seems to be a, um, it seems to be a commonality that the other bands kind of drop the pace a little bit. I like the production on the drums. Mm -hmm. I love the production on the drums. Mm -hmm. What, what stood out for you, Doc? Oh, just... Um, oh, I was going to say that the, the fact that it sounds like a drum set, really stupid thing to say, but nowadays in the year 2021, it's not all that common to hear a drum set that actually sounds like drum... Does, does that make any sense to you? No, it, it, no, it does, because it, 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 I think it's very, very difficult to differentiate between actually kind of human-played drums, even like a natural drum kit with, with like the electronic triggers and things. I think that's the problem. I think that's what blurs the line. You know, back in 1985 or 1987, whenever, I don't know... Um, Jesus and Mary Chain or Sisters of Mercy put out put out their stuff with drum machines. It was, you know, you you, you just knew that was a drum machine and, and there was no kind of confusion in, in your head. That's a drum machine, that's yeah. fine. That's a person, that's fine. But but now, no, that distinction's passed. In those days you had some slightly silly people who did their best to pretend a drum machine was a drum set or mm -hmm. a, 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 a drummer. Um, and the people who got the point of using the technology um, just used it as a box of sounds in its own right and didn't try to make any effort to disguise the fact that it wasn't a real drum play. Yeah. The bands that did use real drums, they sounded natural and they sounded live, but very often, let's say, ooh, I don't know, as in the case of that first Slayer album, mm. they're not recorded very well and they sound fucking horrible. Sure, <clears throat> yeah. Um, so... What I like about modern recording, and I don't know why more people don't do this, high-end microphones are no better and no worse than they ever were. Cheaper microphones are much better than cheap microphones used to be. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, back in our recording day, Doc, you know, like a, a cheap microphone would be a cheap microphone. I mean, that would still cost you 100 quid, wouldn't it? It wasn't very good. Well, a, a, a microphone that you'd use to mic up a part of the drum set would be an SM58 or an SM57 that had been retired from vocal because it was too full of spit and chewing gum and tobacco mm. juice. Mm-hmm. Um, and my flame. Yeah. Um, and sort of the, those, those microphones, that they, they were hard to kill, but they started off life as vocal mics. Um, and then they just got passed down and down the chain until they ended up, ended up as drum mics. And after that, they went into the, the rehearsal room and then the cheap rehearsal room. Yeah. And then finally, they ended up their lives in the rehearsal room that we could afford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Let, let, let's see how these guys progress. Here we go. Um, oh, it's her, fantastic. Her voice, I did not expect that. Um, but, but maybe I shouldn't be too surprised. You know, you, you've got the likes of what's it, what, what's it, Angela something from Arch Enemy kind of started this trend almost of having like female lead singers. But then there's you know, the shock factor is the, is the delivery, so you know, it's not yeah. a shock anymore, I suppose. Um, but I, I, did, I did not, especially with the name of the band in this moment, I thought it was going to be, you know, kind of a, like a within temptation, you know, lacuna coil or Nightwish kind of more operatic yeah. style female vocalist. Um, but I fucking love that. I think, I think that's a great cover version. It's really, it's really strong. It is. It's fun. And the, the vocals aren't, They've got influences, and they're in a certain style, but they don't quite sound. They don't quite sound like any of the vocals I've ever heard. In what way, Doc? I mean, have you heard much um, the Arch Enemy, for example, with, with with the female Gruffmeister? No, I haven't. Mm. Um, I can't. Put a, I'm going to suggest it's actually because compared to a lot of the black metal I've looked at, that's just actually much better recorded. Yeah, sure. Um, I think the recording just captures vocal nuance much better yeah. than I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's, I mean, she's great so far. Let's have a bit more. <laughs> Yeah. 
just rock solid, isn't it? Basically, I mean, yeah, maybe fantastic. maybe you can make the argument that you know it's not much of a genre change, but sometimes if you deliver it with such panache, what's the problem? You know, I don't think it's got much in common with the original. No, um, I mean, within the bounds of the fact they use the same instruments and they're both playing some variant of metal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cover version, so obviously part of it, it, it's going to it's going to be the same tune and the same <laughs> word. Uh, but I think beyond, I, I I think it moves far enough away from the original to be considered, yeah, a, a, a worthwhile cover. Sure, I agree. Um, Encyclopedia Encyclopedia Metallum do not have in this moment in their archives again because I presume they do not feel these guys are sufficiently metal, basically. That. I love Encyclopedia Metallum, but they are a bit precious sometimes, like on the genre front. When you're running a project like that, you have to put, you have to draw a line somewhere. Yeah. And probably being an arbitrary line, and you probably end up having to admit to yourself that it's an arbitrary line. Yeah. Um, you know, this goes back to the, the genre wars in, let's say, Terrorizer in the mid 90s. Sure. Um, when you had two sets of people. Um, both of the equally good intentions going, why can't you be people why can't you people be more open-minded? Why can't you cover this and this and this? And people will go out of their way to be open-minded and say, well, yeah, I mean that that's actually kind of metal. Um, if you consider that metal is just another word for extreme music, then actually that's extreme music too. And before long, the people who you set up to support are being edged out. Mm. I don't think these people are as conservative and close-minded as they get criticised for being. I think they realise that for practical... Because I, I don't imagine anyone gets paid for writing for Encyclopedia Metallum. Mm-hmm. Um, sooner or later, you've got to just draw a line, even if the line is arbitrary and you know it's arbitrary. You've just got to say, no, this is metal and this, is, and, 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 and this, this, this isn't metal enough. Yeah, dude. And I, I like your, the, the way you make that parallel between like a printed magazine... And something like this, because, you know, effectively in the printed media, you know, if 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 Terrorizer had accepted every Tom, Dick and Harry, you know, it, it would end up as thick as the phone book, wouldn't it? Which would be obviously totally impractical. Or what would happen is actually what did happen. Um, and the hardcore people wanted a space in Terrorizer, so they got one. Um, and the electronic people wanted a space in Terrorizer, so they got one. And the industrial people wanted a space in Terrorizer, so they got... And um, in the end, it was metal that ended up sort of getting edged out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so the people that supported it back in, the, back in the day when it was an underground magazine were suddenly um, feeling a little bit out in the cold, basically. Um, yeah, and then uh, obviously um, you can guess what the response was, and people began to write it and say, you know, well, uh, we... We took we, we we paid in advance for our annual subscription for a metal magazine. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. one, please. Uh, yeah. Stop being so narrow-minded. Uh, you should open your minds and, and and pay attention to other kind of. Um, and you you can sort of almost imagine the follow-up. Um, I am into lots of different kinds of music, but actually, I forked over my hundred quid in January to read this magazine to learn about metal. Yeah, and and that's fair point, isn't it? You know, if I when I pay for my Gardener's Weekly subscription magazine that drops through my postbox, you know, every Saturday morning, I don't want articles about cricket because it's not what I paid my fucking money for. 
That's right. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it, Doc. Um, should we move on to the last track? Yeah. Here we go. So obviously this is Raining Blood, uh, the final track on the album. And I think this is possibly the most avant-garde example we've had yet. This is the delightful. You know, I've met this woman and she's spoken to me in real life. Uh, yeah, this is Tori Amos with her cover version of Raining Blood. I'm going to I'm going to kick this off. I'm going to let it play for about one minute because I really need to go and have a wee duck. Hope you don't mind. Not at all. intro um and probably the first half of the first verse mm-hmm. so if you're if you're familiar with Tori Amos I don't think it would come with, uh, as, as, as a great surprise to you what it sounds like um Tori's tinkling away on her piano and playing something um I'm gonna say Lynchian maybe I'm gonna say uh-huh. <laughs> um I'm gonna say like superficially fragile um and attractive um but gets more and more disturbing the more and more you concentrate on it. She, she's a curious artist for me because I find her by turns enchanting, um, musically beautiful, but also frustrating. You know, it, 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 it has that element sometimes of, oh, just get on with it, you know? Kind of inclined to say it's a bit self-indulgent. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of us, a lot of the material sounds like it could, as we said before, it could use another go around in the editing or it could do the tightening up a bit. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Um, I find, I find her hard work. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of glad she exists, you know, musically. I'm glad she exists because she, because it is, her music is very, very interesting, but you know, how often I'll, how often I would put a, a, a Tori Amos album on? Well, well, I can tell you the truth. I've never, ever done that. So, you know, there's your answer, I suppose. Um, she, um, go on, Doc. She, she, was, she was a must-listen um, at the time of her first album, then at the time of her second album, probably even more so. Um, and she was sort of one of these artists, and it was generally considered that you were, you were missing out on a lot. You were doing yourself a disservice if you didn't sort of really try and crack these really quite difficult albums. Mm. I've uh, seen her live at, at, at the Wolverhampton Civic Hall, um, which was rather a very, very, very pleasing experience. I thoroughly enjoyed the thoroughly enjoyed the gig. Um, you know, she's a delightful ethereal presence on stage. 
did it make did it do it for you live in a way that it didn't that, that the recordings don't well i think just in the general way that live music is more um kind of evocative and 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 reactive i suppose and yeah yeah i think so i preferred it live to 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 on the, on the albums fantastic yeah let's have a bit more doc everybody just calm down man this is raining blood just chill out <laughs> special at the end of each of the albums each of the releases could not well, be it more could different be. could not be more different nice. to the original um obviously it kind of retains the lyrics musically i think if if she wasn't singing the words i would have no idea that this was raining blood um, so what's she done with them has, has she taken any of the music at all um, has she for instance just taken the the basic chord progression and then transpose the chords or i think so i think so i mean she certainly hasn't used the lead lines um, no. um so if you were faced with um the the challenge of having to do a wildly let's say you were faced with having to do this mm -hmm. um, you're a pianist you're a reasonably competent pianist Thank and you, you cover um, what's a go-to of mine? Abominations by Morbid Angel. <laughs> what would you do? Would, would you do something like, I, I presume you could find tab, you could find guitar tab for the basic chords from somewhere. Um, you'd obviously figure out what the chords were and you could play the chords on a piano. Um, would you, of necessity, try to retain the same rhythm or would you purposefully change the rhythm? Would you mm. change the time signature? Mm. It's, a, it's a great question, Doc, and one that I have pondered. About about two years ago, I discovered a form of music called chill step. I don't know if you... Do you know this style? Maybe. If you can give me an example, maybe... No, I, can I, I can't name names, unfortunately, but, it, but it, it's just super... Super kind of chilled out trance, basically. So you, you know, you, you kind of get a bit of Paul o Paul Oakenfield style. Oakenfield or Oakenfold? I can't remember. Oakenfold. Oakenfold. Paul, Paul Oakenfold style trance. Strip out anything that sounds vaguely aggressive or high energy. Um, just keep like the the basic kind of drum patterns, and then just lovely kind of. Timpery tampery pianos, synths, so you can just drift away on a cloud of whatever vape, vapor that is it, that, that you're inhaling. It's it's absolutely marvelous. Um, and in my head, as soon as I heard it, in my head I thought, how could you do 
cover versions of, 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 of metal tracks in this style. I haven't cracked the code, Doc. I, I can't figure it out. You're, you're into some sketchy territory. Um, I mean, once you start taking the aggression away and taking the evilness away, then whatever you're left with isn't metal anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but this isn't metal, is it? The, the, her, Tori Amos here is not playing a metal song, but it's based on, a, no, on, on it's based on a metal song. And that was my idea with the chill step. You know, how could you make this like a, like a proper chill step tune based on you know, like a metal? I don't know, like Rust in Peace by Megadeth. You know, or you know, Holy War, something like that. Do that as a chill um, step version. It'd be absolutely it's, fucking awesome if you could do it. It's in no way the style of electronic music that you're describing, but the closest you'll get, the closest you'll ever get is that Utah Saints track, which has the big, huge Slayer sample in it. Oh, I don't know this. Yeah. Um, it is, oddly enough, um, it, it's, it's, it's the closest we're going to get to a, a, a connection. As far as I know, Utah Saints had two big hits in the UK. Mm. Mm. Um, one of which um, samples a Slayer track, and I'm not convinced it isn't um, <clears throat> Angel of Death. Sure. To the front, to the back again Nose on the back wall, feet in front of me Push from the back, to the front, to the back again Turn on vision, I can't see Um, The other one of which uh, samples the middle of the chorus from Cloud Busting by Kate Bush. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I, I know um, the one that goes, Utah Saints, Utah Saints, unless that's both. Um, I think that's, that bit probably happens in all of their songs. That's what right? I thought. That's what I thought. Um, I just thought that that was sort of a, 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 an interesting Mobius strip or an interesting loop around because mm-hmm. um, I think sort of most people probably know that Tori Amos came to prominence because she picked up a, um, a big chunk of Kate Bush's fan base when Kate was met, was was not making an album again that year. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or for those five years. She tended to do that a lot. Um, for the next five years, I'm going to not make an album or release anything at all. Mm. I've never quite forgiven Kate Bush for coming out of retirement to play 10 gigs and every single one of them was in was in the same place in London. I've never, never quite forgiven her for that. I thought that was an appalling decision. The explanation, um, which if it's true and why wouldn't it be, is a good one, um, is that she's only ever done one tour before and uh, found it a very, very, very traumatic experience. Mm. And uh, someone she was close to got killed. Um, And like um, one of her technicians or something, uh, I think, fell down a trap door on stage. Mm. Um, and got previously injured and died shortly afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sort of really, really, really didn't want to play any live shows or do any touring or anything. 
after that. Okay, okay. yeah. And I would buy that doc if she, if she just didn't do any live gigs ever again. But you know, yeah. did you come out of retirement to do ten kind of best-selling gigs at the O2, whatever? And you don't bother going to Birmingham or Manchester? No, no. Sorry, doc. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not having it. It would fit in. I mean, I would have liked it far better, even if she didn't like touring and just decided that she wanted to play some live shows. I would have liked it much better if she picked like a decent sized theatre in a country town or something. Exactly. Like. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. That, 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 that's my point, really. You know, you, 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 this is obviously just a kind of a, a cash grab and, and, and you're just kind of making it as easy as possible for yourself. No, no, I'm, I have never. And will never forgive Kate Bush. Imagine such a sentence <laughs> on any podcast. I'm, I'm only half kidding, guys. I fucking love Kate Bush, but it, it did make me a bit cross at the time. Um, I get cross at anybody who only ever plays London shows. Apart, I, and, and one reason is I've never not had a fucking miserable time at any live show I've been to in London. Mm. And I've, I've probably only been to between 25 and 30. Um, and they've all been fucking horrible. Sure. Sure. Um, Doc, we've got a hard out and it's about now, you know. I think we need to kind of wrap the show up, if that's all right. I hope that was a good experience for for both you and and, and everybody listening. The most interesting one for me was that last one, that Tori Amos. That's fascinating. Um, And I think think that will go into my kind of permanent playlist, basically, just as a real curio. It's it's, it's really, really intriguing. Um, Anything else to say, Doc, before we depart? No. just two things in very, very short order. Point number one, I'm really glad that at long last we could find a Slayer cover um, that managed to be completely and convincingly different. Sure. Point number two, um, I am proud of our accomplishment so far, and I'm very sad to be leaving Rain and Blood. Mm-hmm. This is a real epochal moment. Yeah, um, this, is the end, this, is, this, this is the end of album three. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always a big sea change for me between album three and, Amber, uh, and, and, and album four and Slayer. Um, from now, anything approaching Juvenilia is finished. Um, there's no more room for excuses. The expectations have been set. The bars have been set very, very, very high. Mm. Um, and we've, we've just finished off the beginning of the classic era. Um, and the classic era, like, is in full swing from now for the next X albums. Well, the, the, I would say this is the end of phase one of four that Slayer go through. Talk me through that next week. Exactly. Um, well, now I'm going to say the end of album two, uh, the end of Hello Waits was the end of childhood. This is the end of adolescence. And we're effectively in young adulthood to adulthood from now. Totally agree. We'll, 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 we'll chat about the phases in the next episode. That about does it for this episode, by the way. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter at Vercast or on email at slidetanicvercast at gmail.com. Um, join us next time when, get this doc, we'll be talking about the first track from South of Heaven. What's that called? Album. Well, it, funny enough, doc, it's called South of Heaven. You're going to be there for me. Absolutely, I am. See you soon. I'll see you then, brother.